right, guys, the John Chris Show is back. And finally, Chris is in person, live, and excited. Praise God he's here. You doing good, man? Yeah, man, what's up? Good to be back with you. Took a little week off. Hey, look, you know, got to catch a couple of the episodes. Great to be back with you. Yeah, I tried replacing you with two different people, and uh, I don't know, man. J- JJ's still putting out that challenge to you that, you know, he's going to take you on. Uh, he wants to get on here live with you one day and see how that goes, debate you. I already destroyed his argument already on social media. Oh, this is I mean, great. Yeah, yeah. Who do you want to have the ball when the game is on the line? MJ all day long. But let's get down to it. Go ahead. We'll see. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be Stephen A. and Max. I'm I'm gonna be Molly in the middle trying to like stop you two. But it's it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be funny. There's to watch. no argument. <laughs> the funny, no the funny part to me is that you said you destroyed him on social media when he doesn't have social media, so he doesn't even know you said it. <laughs> but hey, that's but right. he will. He will know one day. All right, so we're going to jump into a uh, new segment today. This is the new coaching carousel uh, segment here. So, look, uh, we've covered some of this already. So, we've had a few NBA changes, a few things that have happened. So, obviously, Steve Nash to the Nets. Uh, We kind of like that one. We hope it works out. Tom Thibodeau to the Knicks. Still don't understand it. Billy Donovan to the Bulls. Really don't understand that one. Uh, Doc Rivers to Philly. I get it. Ty Lue to the Clippers, you kind of called that one, I think you called that one months ago, actually. And then recently, just in the last few days, Stan Van Gundy to the Pelicans. What do you, what do you think about that one? You like that one? No. Like, seriously. Like, what are they thinking down in New Orleans? You know, I, like, I'm throwing this thing out there, and I'm like, I had flashbacks, and immediately my son asked me, he's like, hey, who's this guy? I said, who's this guy? I, I said, I'm going to tell you who this guy is. This guy can't get along with Dwight Howard. That's who this guy is. I had immediate flashbacks to Orlando and him on the sideline catching the ball going, look at the ref going, that was a great catch, wasn't it? That, that was a great catch. Like, coach your team. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know that the pool is very uh, big at this point. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. Wait to be seen. I, I didn't see it coming. I definitely did not see that coming. I think this is like his fourth head coaching stop. You're right. He had the – the Magic, and he took them to the finals. You know, they almost won. Uh, then he went to the Heat, and yeah. Pat Riley stole his seat and won a championship. And then from there, he just left the Pistons, uh, where he traded for Blake Griffin. And I think – I don't know if you – I think he was gone before they traded Andre Drummond, but I did who trades from Blake Griffin? I mean, what, what kind of craziness is that? I mean, he, he maxed – I think he gave, like, a huge contract – to uh, Reggie Jackson makes no sense to me whatsoever what he was trying to accomplish in Detroit so I wasn't a big fan I didn't really get this hire uh, I don't know if they if they're hoping he can relive some of that magic that he made with Dwight Howard uh, you know back in his Orlando days if that's what they're hoping Zion can do because he is kind of a cross between a, a Blake Griffin and a, a Dwight Howard as far as his game but I, I don't I don't know if I like that hire I don't so, know, but, but, you know, kudos, you know, to this. I think it's a good step for him. I mean, I think for him as a coach, I'm like going, thank God for grace they called me again, you know, and I finally got through the second round of interviews to be on this thing. You know, I think the difference is, you know, the Dwight Howard of today is different than the Dwight Howard of that time frame. The Dwight oh, yeah. Howard of today is coachable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a more humbler Dwight Howard than what we saw with him in Orlando. Zion is definitely 
doesn't have the attitude of the Superman that we know back then and coming out in capes. He's not the, the, the Ric Flair, woo, Flair that we saw back then, you know. So, I mean, I think, you know, some of that stuff, you know, something about coaching is, you know, when you're coaching superstars, where are they at in their prime when that stuff's happening? And yeah, so, well, you know. Obviously, Zion's a long way from his prime, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he's got a great young core there. I think it's a great team. Uh, they definitely have got some bench help. They've got some a great starting five. Uh, they also own the picks for um, the Anthony Davis trades. I mean, they're set up. I mean, it's a good coaching stop for somebody. But then again, let me go ahead and tell you my, my thinking on this. It is a scary place because there's no such thing as job security out west. Not when you play with the Lakers. Not yeah. when you play with Golden State, Houston, uh, the Clippers. The Clippers are going to be better, than, you know, next year. I still am shocked they got rid of Doc like they did. Yeah. I get it though. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just there's no job security out west. Not when LeBron James and AD are out in LA and you got but, Kawhi and three of the Clippers. I think David Griffin, which Lord, they gave Alvin Gentry five years. Yeah, yeah. He did nothing in five years, so uh, I think David Griffin's probably going to give Van Gundy a while because they know that look, they're with the way. Oh, you have to. With the way their you know lineup is set right now, Zion's your future. Uh, Drew Holiday, I think he's in a. I think this is his last year under contract there, so they're probably going to try to resign him. What do you do with Lonzo Ball? You, you're obviously going to max out Brandon Ingram, and so you you've got a few other slots you got to fill. Can you keep JJ Redick? You know things like that. They could have a, a decent squad, but you're 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 maybe a year away from being the eighth seed, in my opinion, out in the very very tough West. But you're you're probably four or five years from competing because you got to get Anthony Davis to decline, the Warriors to fully decline, LeBron to retire. You know you you've got some. You're, you're laying a foundation for the future. There, there's no way you're competing for a championship within the next two or three years. I hope they understand that, but you know, you're right though that uh, you don't have a long leash sometimes in the NBA. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, on top of that, hire this week. I'm going to try to say this right. So forgive me if I mess this wrong. You got Nate Bjorkgren. Bjorkgren was hired by the Pacers, and I know when I texted you that you only sent back one word. Yeah. And your one word was who. Oh, you, you didn't allow me to take the moment. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, can, you, can, can you be a little yeah. more emphatic with it? Who? Yeah. Like, at, right. And I told you my reasoning for this thing. And, and I told you, I don't think they hired him to basically develop their core. I think they hired him for one reason and one reason alone. How do we beat the Raptors? Everybody out east. I mean, nobody expected them to get as far as they did this year. They didn't. And they did a, a fantastic job losing their star player. Right? So, yeah. I mean, who is this guy? You know, but I mean, it's let me go to the, it's Indiana. It's the Pacers. I think because it is Indiana, there's a there's a tempering of expectations. But also, I, I like to I like to give them a shout out for going out of the box a little bit. Now, I just kind of downgraded New Orleans higher because I'm not a big Van Gundy guy. I think he and his brother are fantastic on television as announcers. They're fantastic. Hilarious. They tell weird I anecdotes. I hate them as announcers. Do you really? Oh. I, I, man, I get so tired of hearing the announcers. Yeah, and, oh. and to know that he's on Houston's radar, unless we have an Eric Spolstra Jr., who's the favorite right now coming out of the organization 
and I'm yeah. praying that happens. Let me go ahead and say it right now. But uh, go ahead, go ahead, go back to the Patriots. I, well, I mean, I, I'll just say, as long as it's not Bill Walton, I can pretty much listen to him. <laughs> Bill, Bill Walton is the yeah, yeah, yeah. something I don't want to listen to because he'll talk about anything but the sport he's actually watching. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, you're right, you're right. And he thinks he's funny. He, he th- <sighs> it's like – Gosh, yeah. I, I really feel like whoever that guy is that's always paired with him, I don't know if it's Dan Shulman or whoever it was, that dude deserves a freaking raise. That's all I'm telling you. That dude deserves I think raise. he goes home at night. He goes, sweetie, I feel like I'm on my last leg and my producers hate me. I need a new agent. Yeah. Because, like, it's almost like a career killer to sit across the table. Or he goes home and plays that video for his kids and says, kids, this is why you don't do drugs. This is oh. what happens to you later in life. Yeah, the old McGruff the crime dog routine comes out. That's what comes to mind right now. Yeah, just saying. But look, I, look, Van Gundy, I thought he, he has proven over his three or four stops what he is. He's a, he's a bulldog. He's a pit bull. He'll, he'll work with some guys and develop a few guys. Is he the guy to get you over the hump? I don't know. I've only seen him even get close to the hump once in Orlando. But this guy, Bjorkgren, I kind of like it because we're not retreading another tire. We're not retreading a guy who failed somewhere else and seeing if he can do better. We're going out of the box, letting some guy that we've never heard of try to do something, you know, that in, in New Jersey. Kenny Atkinson, I've never heard of Kenny Atkinson. Right, he, yeah. He did a really good job developing that roster. I didn't think he got a fair shake because once you get a star in there and they don't like you, whatever, you're out. I mean, and it's a player's league, as you've told me a thousand times. And I think that that backfired uh, in in New Jersey. I don't know, you know, it's up to Steve to make sure he can write this ship. But I, I really feel like they were doing something really positive, really good. They should have held on to Kenny Atkinson and tried to ride that train out of there. But Kyrie is a coach killer. Um, so, so you know, it's I, interesting. I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, you know, this is probably one of the first years or times that I can remember that I could even recall where you don't hear a lot of college coaches. Mm-hmm. Being being rumored in the mix, it's almost like you know. And I get those guys, you know, are staying put in college, and I get that. But it always seems there's like one or two names that are being thrown around. You know, Billy Donovan coming out of Florida. You know, and, and just but we haven't seen that this time around. At least not at. I mean, I, I don't hear that talk. Who who's the guy at um, Villanova? Jay Jay Wright. Jay Wright, Jay yeah, Wright was yeah. the only only name that I've heard come up. That was for the Philly job, and I get it. I think he always comes up for the Philly job. He's a Philly yeah. guy, um, and and I could kind of see it if Jay wanted to leave because he's won what he won once or twice at Villanova. Once, I think he's won once, but you know yeah. Villanova's on the decline. I think as far as recruitment, it seems like they're not. They're, we're well, not mentioning them much right now. They're they're a smaller power five school, so it they they're kind of one of those they they develop their talent more than they, you know, recruit their talent. They now they recruit some top talent, but I right, think they're yeah. developing it more. They're not a Calipari or a Mike Shishetsky stuff like that. Um, so I, I, I can kind of see that, but I, I think that's the reason why you're seeing uh, you know the Pacers make a hire like that. They they're not really enthused with anything they're seeing in college ranks because as we saw with John Beeline. It is a dramatic jump to go from the college way of doing things to the pro way of doing things. And I think John, because of way John Beeline was there and then he was just out. I mean, just less than two years he was gone. Then he lost his players. He called them all thugs, but said it was slugs. Uh, you know, so they, 
that kind of, I think that kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So unless it's Calipari or Maestrzewski, they're probably going to hesitate for a little while. And we both know none of those guys are leaving. Uh, they're getting paid here's, too much. Here's the perk. Here's the perk of a, we've talked about it on this show. All right. And, and our listeners, whoever you are, have, have heard us talk about this thing. We know that the NBA is a player-driven league. We, we understand mm-hmm. it. They're the ones who bring in the tickets. Coaches don't sell tickets. Players do. We mm-hmm. understand it. Owners understand that as well. Everybody understands the dichotomy of how this industry works. But here's what we've also seen with these coaches that have gotten fired, that things have happened, or when there was a downside or some sort of rift, this is the line that ESPN breaks or Bleacher breaks is that coach doesn't have a relationship. The locker room happens or something like that. College coaches, to me, understand the relationship game a whole lot more because they're recruiting these guys. And, and guys, when they tend to sign with these schools, go, well, coach came and sat with me or coach came to my high school tournament. And so there's that relationship piece that I think happens at a college level because college guys understand in order to get the top guys, you better have a relationship, mm-hmm. hands down. You don't see that translate a whole lot to the NBA where college coaches understand that piece. And maybe there's something to that. I, I don't know, you know, and, and, you know, because here's the other side of the coin. College guys also know we got one and done, or we got two year and done. I mean, we, we know that, you know, with all the system happening right now, you can now leave early to go to G League and all that stuff. And so you go overseas and, you know, so I, I get all that talk as well. But let's talk about Houston for a second. If you're ready to go there, I mean, you know, well, that that's... seems to be the opening here. They got a guy coming up from within the ranks that the players have a relationship with. I'll be honest, when I heard his name Ooh. out there, I was like, who? Who's the guy? Like, I can't even tell you his name because, like, I had to Google the guy yesterday. And I, because in my whole thing, I'm thinking they're going after a guy like Ty Lue. They're going after a big name. Why? Why am I thinking that? Because James Harden and Russell Westbrook got to be, you know, they, they need a guy that could coach him, that could be relating something to Steve Nash situation. But this guy seems to come up through player development. We got an Eric Spolstra situation coming up. And here it is. You know, is this another thing? You know, it's work for Miami. We saw it this year. The fifth seed went all the way to the finals. Um, and, and really, we're pretty close to letting that be a game seven series. Uh, you know, I mean. Well, in, in all fairness, what direction are the Rockets even going right now? Because the Rockets have, yeah. I mean, there's only two hired, I mean, two openings right now in the NBA. you got the Thunder job, which Sam Presti looks like he's probably trying to uh, get rid of Chris Paul, maybe sell off a few guys, and he's trying to start Tough over. Tough contract. Very tough contract considering his age and what's going on. And then you've got the Rockets job that's opening. But the problem with the difference between the Thunder job and the Rockets job, the Thunder seem to have a direction that they're heading. Okay, Daryl Morey went all in for what he was doing for the Rockets. It failed. You know, he, he trades uh, – gosh, I can't even think of that dude's name now, the center – they trade him to Atlanta. They move P.J. Tucker. Um, they move him to the five. So they're, they're, they're playing. They're, uh, Clint Capella. Thank you, Capella. Couldn't yeah, think of Capella's yeah. name. John Lucas is who I'm thinking John Lucas is who I'm thinking about. Well, John Lucas is actually not an unknown guy. He's amazing at player development. Right. I, he He's used to NBA coach, crates. but the record's not there. Right. I mean, that's he, what I'm saying. I mean, for a Houston organization, I'm just shocked. Uh, I, I'm not. John Lucas has been on in the background for all these young guards for – so many years, uh, I would not be opposed to seeing him getting a shot at this level because over Van hear, Gundy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In, in my opinion, yes, I think um, 
I think Jeff Van Gundy is where he needs to be. I think he needs to stay on television. I think he's been, I think he's been too far removed from the bench, if you know what I'm saying. I think he's been away from it too long that I don't know if he could come back in and be relevant and, and do a good job at it at this point. I think he's probably living his dream right now. He, he gets to travel and talk about basketball. He doesn't have to carry the pressure of coaching, any of that stuff, and he's doing a fantastic job. In my opinion, I know you don't like him, but I, I, I would like to see uh, I would like to see John Lucas get a shot at that. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. he I think he deserves a fair shake. I think he, you know, like I said, he's been involved in a ton of player development and not just with the Rockets. I mean, he's been all over the league where even guys in the offseason are coming to him and seeking him for advice and help. So I think that's a, that would be a pretty good move. But my question is, they've got no GM. They have no they have no direction. They've gone. They, they went all in on small ball. Small ball has backfired on them. Could, you know, they ran – I don't even think – who did they lose to in the, in the playoffs? I can't even remember now. Was it, it was the Lakers. The Lakers went big yeah. on them. They, they struggled to get out of the first round, and then when they got to the second round playing the Lakers. Yeah, um, it was 4-1. It wasn't even – I mean, yeah. it was close like the first half. Second half, it was like he was done, you know. So and that, that one game they got, I mean, they just shot <laughs> overly phenomenal, and like nobody could match them. Yeah, and I think that um, I think I think losing to the Lakers proved that small ball is not going to work. So they got to they got to go back to the drawing board. But you have nothing. You have nothing to give. Okay, you you've maxed out. Harvey, you've got no draft picks. Out Westbrook. You don't have really. You don't have any draft capital. You've got nothing to give. And so I I, I don't know. I think whoever comes in there, I think you've got to start looking at moving a Westbrook, moving a Harden. Um, and, I, and there was one rumor where they were talking about Westbrook going to the Knicks. Um, you know, hey, if I'm if I'm Houston and they offer me a you know an 18th round pick for Westbrook, I take it. I know there's no 18th round, but I'm being facetious in saying that you get rid of that contract, you get rid of that just bad guard tandem, and you start over. You, what does that look? At what point? Let me say this for a quick. I don't think that John Lucas is not the guy to coach the Rockets. My point was, I just, when you think about the stardom of Houston, and you think about all the owner has said about Houston and what he expects, and he's tired of being in the shadow of the Clippers and the Lakers and out west and Gold State, we get it. They always come so close, and yet they fail, right? Mm-hmm. So they trade away Clint Capella, you know, trying to, you know, get some draft picks. They, you know, trade away Chris Paul. You know, at what point? You know, and I think John Lucas is probably the best fit over Van Gundy, over even Silas, you know, the other guy to look at who was the Charlotte, you know, Hornet yeah, Bobcat yeah, guy, you know, for interim, you know, uh, mm-hmm. center, you know, for season, whatever that it was. You know, I think John Lucas is the guy. Don't get me wrong. To me, you just think of the Rockets, you think of big, you, you think of big splash. And he just honestly doesn't have that big splash when you think about names. I will say this, but at what point, and I like what you said there, and I'm not even going to challenge you on this, because I do think it's time that the Rockets reconsider rebuilding. All right, but so you're saying blow it up completely. Say, I, I do because at what point do you say Chris Paul wasn't the problem, Russell Westbrook wasn't the problem, and James Harden might be our problem. Well, I'm just, I'm just I saying. Have, I get. I, I have get. said multiple times on this show that I feel like that they're some of the worst players in the league. All they do is put up their own numbers and they can't carry a team to a win and they can't play defense. And, I, and that's where I'm at. I mean, everybody's like, well, James Harden had the scoring tell this year. Yeah, he also shot the ball 50 times. Yeah, he's a volume you know shooter. Yes. I mean, and when you have everybody around you, everybody around you knows you're going to shoot 50 times. And so you've got to have guys on the roster that are comfortable 
losing touches. Right. The reason why AD and LeBron worked this year was because it came out after the season was over. They asked AD and asked him, you know, how did this work? That both of them said, we didn't care about scoring points. Right. We were okay being a team, and that is what's going to work every single time. I think we bought into the superstar mentality because of it brings in tickets. Well, the problem is we've already seen one superstar on a team is not enough in our league anymore because five guys playing team ball. Listen, next generation, five guys playing team ball can beat one superstar every single time. Let's go say it up front. You can start tell, recommending they watch Hoosiers. And do the underhanded between the legs free throw every single oh. time to watch it happen. <laughs> Was it the Rick Barry? You want to be yeah, the Rick you know, Barry? So, yeah, this, so I mean, I, I'm not debating advocating. with you that, yeah, that John Lucas is not the guy. I think he is the guy out of who's left on the table. I agree with you there. Uh, I just did not expect it, you know, to go this way and there'd be a bigger splash. I really – but here's the thing. Let's say we'll move on. Notice that nobody else is like – you don't hear anybody else really wanting to go to Houston? That also, to me, speaks volumes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think there's two different types of NBA guys. You have the guys who want to be stars on their own, who are going to do it their own way, their own team. Um, you know, I, I can't think of anybody at this moment. There, there are guys that like to do that. There are guys who want to do it their own way. Like Giannis says he doesn't want to leave. Clay Thompson, for example, could have walked a couple of years ago, could have walked and been a star on a team. Right. What did he do? He stayed in Golden State because he understood his role, and, and, and it has worked for Golden State, minus this last year that has an asterisk next to it. They, that last year had, they had a lot to do with injuries. My so, point. Uh, in, in, in all fairness for them, it had a ton to do with injuries. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully they get a GM and a coach on the same page and they figure it out because I, I would agree that it, it's, it's probably time to blow it up and get what you can start over and hopefully, you know, get some good draft capital. Uh, you know, yeah, call, I don't, and I don't think there's call a lot Minnesota. Call Minnesota yeah. and tell them, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you James Harden right now. Call New York. I'll give you Russell Westbrook today. But there's not – and Minnesota came out and said, we, let's, let's transition over here to the draft. I mean, and over to free agency. Minnesota's already come out and said, you know, we're not there yet. Like, that we, there's, there is no number one standout right now. And I know the latest projections have, uh, you know, the other ball brother going to Minnesota right now, you know, being that guy. And I'm going, eh, I don't know. You've already got, you know, point guard. You know, I don't know that I'm putting another – well, no, no, wait, hold on a second. Uh, who I, Who's their point guard? Who am I thinking about right now? Um, Oh, my goodness. It has left me who I'm thinking about because they had a system. I'm, I'm going back to Jimmy Butler days when he was over there thinking about that. But my point is this. is that, about Derrick you know, Rose? Because that's who's playing point guard for them right that's now. That's who's over there. What yes. am I thinking? Jimmy B, my bad, Butler. If you ever listen to our show, my bad. Yeah. Don't hate. Jimmy, Jimmy was not the problem in Minnesota. So they, they traded yeah. Wiggins. No, no. They, they traded Wiggins, and they got D'Angelo Russell. To come, they traded Wiggins for Russell. They had um, yes, no, Rose. Gold, the, no, Derek Rose is in uh, was in Detroit. That's my fault. I, I called that wrong. Derek Rose is in Detroit. Yeah, I think of the Russell situation. That you know, and they had the in the Golden State got the trade. They they went after him. You know, that had all that situation mm -hmm. going on. 
and now there's talks about, you know, who they go after now, you know, but, you know, free agency, you know, there's a lot of talk about this. Let, let me, let me, let me throw this out there to you. Does Giannis stay or does he go? Well, I think he stays because where does, where does he go? Because he's under yeah. contract. So they, they would have to, I think he's under contract for like one more year. I'll, I'll think yeah, one early, more year. Early, early termination is next year or he finishes one or the other. So he has, he has some leverage, but not all the leverage. They can just hold him. Now they could run into a situation where they're going to hold him. They could completely lose him. That's a possibility. He could completely just walk away. Kind of like uh, what KD did to Oklahoma City. Um, but at the same time, I mean, where does he fit? He's a, he's a power forward center that can handle the ball but can't stretch the floor. I mean, where, where does he fit? He's, he has the number one mentality, but he doesn't have the number one talent as far as scoring. So is he willing to take an Anthony Davis role and go somewhere else? And then where does he go? Because he's a max player. So who can afford him? You know, everybody likes to talk about what would it be like if he ended up in Golden State. Golden State can't afford him. They'd have to give up Wiggins, which they would do in a heartbeat, I'm sure. But, I mean, Milwaukee's not going to do that. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, roll the dice, and they're going to try to keep a hold of all their guys and see if they can make him happy. I mean, they did that. They signed Chris Middleton. They've maxed out everybody else. So, I mean, and I, I think they've got a good thing going on with Brooke Lopez at the five. You know, they, they had a great defensive team. It's just for some reason they struggled right there. So, I mean, I think they ran up against the buzzsaw that was Miami. And uh, some one of us called it and the other one didn't. But, um, you know, that's just <laughs> – I had to get you with that. So, but, I mean, there are a few names in free agency that you might see move, but I don't think – all right, so just a few big names that I saw there that are popping up. So Anthony Davis is a free agent. He can, he can early terminate or whatever. He can opt out early. And what does he do? I think he maxes, personally. I think he'll do a, a two- to three-year max contract, see where they are at the end of LeBron's career, and see what he wants to do then. So he'll do a two- to three-year max. What do you think? You think he'll stay? Yeah, we all know who his agent is. So that's well, that's that's, actually, that's been the ticket for LeBron. Let me let me throw you a curveball. You didn't ask me, and because you didn't ask me, I'm going to tell you. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> anyway, Stephen A. I'm going to tell you where I think what Giannis does. If Giannis decides to leave, there's two teams, and I think I know where he goes. Okay. And it's not even talked about. So let me go ahead and say, it. Max Jr. over there. Let me go ahead and call it. You ready for this? Okay. New York Knicks or the Miami Heat. Let me tell you my thinking. Let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. New York, because it's a big market. That's why I think New York's on the, on, on the stage. And because I think that's where, in his mind, where he can be that superstar. Milwaukee is not that place. Miami doesn't have the, the power to do it right now, but they got a heck of a team leadership that has a way of pulling off some magical stuff. So I'm just telling you, that's why we're able to do this talk show. Yeah. That's why we're able to do this podcast, because I can say whatever I think, all right, without <laughs> getting paid money. And if I'm wrong, guess what? I'm wrong. But if uh, I'm actually, right, the guys I'm a get, genius. The guys who get paid money get it wrong all the time, so you're fine. But if I'm right, I'm a genius. That's all I'm saying. And you could go all over social media and say, he, ha- he said it first. 
I'm just saying, I don't think he leaves. I think he wants to stay in Milwaukee. I think he wants to give it a year or two and see. It gives Milwaukee a chance to see what they'll do to build around him, and we'll see where this thing goes. I don't think he leaves, but if he goes, I don't see him going out west. West has got too many superstars. He stays in the east, but with a different team. New York can build around him. They can trade the farm to build around him. Miami already has a solid core, all right? And if they do a sign-in trade with Miami, Woo! Who does Milwaukee take back? You got a guy like Bam. You got some things that Milwaukee could also build their future on and get a couple players back that are not that instead of having one superstar in Giannis, you got two or three. I'm just That's saying. True. That's true. All right. I, I can see that, but I, I don't I don't know why anybody would go to New York uh, with James Dolan still owning it. I, I get what you're I, saying. I agree. I'm just Miami. saying because of the market, because of Miami. the brand. That's Miami's all. already having problems, though, trying to figure out how they're going to pay all their guys. So they're, they're, they're having a yeah. conversation there. Now, just like uh, famous artists, just so you're aware, just like those famous artists, your genius will probably not be noticed because we don't get that many people that listen. So I just want you to know that though you're a genius, it'll be only in your mind. You know, part of this is where you have to listen to me. And I said that if I get it right, then you can blast it out there that I got it right. First. Oh, so now, I, can't, I can't post this episode. Now, until... Right, 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 right. But what I'm saying is here. Now, we also know that everybody's leaving New York right now. We'll leave that right there. So, well, that, Alex, that, you know, so, you know, yeah, that's, that's just that's my logic reason. in that. Yeah. And the only place that he could even remotely go would be Charlotte, which you and I would love to go see to be a Charlotte. But ain't nobody going to Charlotte. Ain't nobody going to Charlotte. I know. Ain't, ain't nobody going to Charlotte. I, I yeah, love yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I love Mike. But he, he misses so much on these draft picks. Shout out to Mitch Kupchak actually trying to do something. You know, I'm, I'm hoping he can build something in Charlotte because I'm tired of being a bottom feeder. I'd like to see him trying to build something homegrown. I was really hoping they would take the league month. They did it. Has not panned out. Still upset about that one. And we but were hey. so close this year with our pick well, you and I were sitting there going oh wow could this happen could this be the miracle of all miracles you know I think, I think right they'll probably now. end up with uh they'll probably end up with James Wiseman out of the draft I think they'll end up with James Wiseman I got I can't you. I think I can't think of the other kid's name something I think it's green the other guy that could possibly go first overall supposedly they want LaMelo Ball which I'm not a big ball family guy uh I don't ball out with them but um I think that he could add a little cachet to the Hornets roster, kind of like uh, Trey Young does for Atlanta. And if you can get this guy in here who makes it exciting, maybe people actually tune in and notice. And maybe that if he can actually start winning, that might actually get people wanting to go down there. Yeah. I know the other name. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, there's, there's some talk around trades right now or, you know, what people do. I know Boston, you know, they, they've got to do some upgrades at their roster. So they're, they're kind of going through it with a fine tooth to comb. You know, one thing we know there, they've got to bring some more help off the bench. We know that. They're going to have to find some I, – I, you know, as, as I've heard a lot of people talk about this, and I agree. I don't think this is the year of big signings, you know, coming up. It's the year of the mid-level guys, and I think we're going to see that, the support staff. Uh, the only other big name that I know is really not that big of a household name anymore would be Andre Drummond and what he decides to do and where he can go. Mm-hmm. I know Boston's got their eye on him. Uh, I know several teams will, will have their eye on what he decides to do. Um, I think that's where you'll see the superstars kind of moving. And he's not really superstar level like he used to be or, you know, in that or star in that regard. But that's the only guy I could see moving, but I don't see him moving for another year. I think next year this podcast will look differently on where people are going and what they decide to do. That's for sure. Gotcha. With everything surrounding COVID, nobody's making moves right now. 
Well, nobody's really doing a whole lot. I mean, like I said, there's only there's not even really any huge names out there right now. Like I think Jeremy Grant's going to opt out. I think he's going to. I think he's going to cash in the way he played the playoffs. Gallinari the same way. Whiteside, I think he'll end up like a mid-level guy. I don't. I think he's proven he can't be a max guy. Carmelo is looking for that one last splash where he's already talking about um, going to the you know the Knicks if they can somehow get a hold of Chris Paul. And then of course there's the you know the Fred Van Bleet from the the Raptors, which I think he could be a good glue guy to somewhere. What does that look? So New York, New York now becomes the AARP Knickerbockers. If you get Chris Paul and uh, Carmelo, I mean Carmelo, you just had one of your best support seasons in Portland. Stay there, yeah, and and let Damian give you the ball. I'm just saying, don't don't mess this up. Don't mess he, it up. So he, he he desperately wants to play with his friends. Why would so. you go back to New York? Like, did, yeah. I mean, I what we, is this Groundhog Day all over again? Do you really want to do that to yourself, man? We all saw how publicly that that ended. Did not end well. All right, hey, let's talk NFL. Let's talk NFL. Okay, you know, a lot going on. You know, I, I think one game just got moved off from Sunday night. You know, we got some more COVID positive tests happening. We got some false positives that are also happening. But look, let's talk about. Come on. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Can't we do that just for a second? I mean, I don't, know if the, I don't know if there's a ton to discuss. Like, look, the, the Dak injury was – that's awful. That was I feel, per- yeah, I feel was bad brutal. for Dak. I feel bad for Dak. But I think – You think and that, I, you know we're in a bad state when both of us and everybody in the world – is betting on the the Washington team to beat the Cowboys this weekend. Did you really p- pick Washington over Dallas? I did, and I honestly wow. I debated on it because I feel like Zeke's going to come out and he's got a whole lot of pride, and he's and I hope for the sake of Dallas Cowboy Nation that he comes out and carries that football team. I really do. So but does my I, fantasy team hope that he does that? I, I know you do, but at the end of the day, I have been utterly shocked at Andy Dalton's play. I, when, when Dak went down, I was like, oh, they're fixing to throw like crazy. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, the whole, you know, A.J. Green, Cincinnati Bengals connection up there, you know, thinking, okay, finally we get to see the, you know, Andy Dalton come out with more support cast, you know. But, man, I, I was shocked. But I'm going to go one step further. I don't think that Andy Dalton's the problem. I don't think the defense is the problem. How do you I not think you, the defense is a problem? I told you when this happened – I shook my head and said, what are they thinking? Well, the let's just coach. go ahead and admit, Mike McC- hiring Mike McCarthy was probably a stupid move. Uh, his, his archaic methods are yes. definitely not going to work. But how do you, the defense is atrocious. They're awful. Nobody's playing up to their contract right now. They can't stay healthy. Their, of, their offensive line is uh, aging awfully bad. They, they they lost their best guy who retired. Yeah, they lost lot. Yeah, O-Line's hurting real bad. I think four yeah. of their top guys are out right yeah, now. Yeah, one retired, O-line. three are yeah. injured reserve. And then you've got the Red Rocket or the Red Rifle, whatever he is, throwing it to the team in red, not the team in white or blue the other night. Uh, like, And Zeke can't hold the ball. I mean, this thing is falling off. Like, I will so not fast. fumble anymore. Yeah, well. And uh, two fumbles later. Well, and, and the sad part is he doesn't really have a history of fumbling. He, I don't no, know if it just uh, got in his head. Uh, so I, I don't know. The Cowboys are in some serious trouble. But the irony yeah. is they may still make the playoffs even with a losing record because their their division is that bad. 
they're that bad. Yeah, so, last, I mean, but last night's game didn't help them out. I mean, it, it didn't help them with Philadelphia. Oh, my gosh, the, Eagle, the Eagles beat the awful Giants I don't think the Giants point. are as bad as their record, man. I really, really don't. I do not think they're as bad, even with the lack of Saquon. Now, they went out, they went and got Freeman. You know, I get that. Daniel Jones had a costly thing. Now, uh, Daniel, my boy, I love yeah. you, fellow ACC guy. Dude, you will be the face of memes for the next 20 years. You had a touchdown you know, and as you a, as a, fell. A tar, as a Tar Heel guy, I love to see Duke stuff. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm cheering for you in New York, but you make it hard to cheer for you when you can't even run. Which, granted, they don't have a lot to offer right now outside of Saquon. They but he's the much. top rusher for their team. When the quarterback is the top rusher for your team and you're not Lamar Jackson and you're not Michael Vick of old and you're not Cam Newton of old, there is a problem in New York that is greater than Daniel Jones. And the problem is he's catching all the heat. Yeah, he's got some costly interceptions. But what do you expect the kid to do in New York? Well, in all fairness, the reason he's catching so much heat is because they're losing so much. Everybody's thinking, holy crap, we might be able to lose for Lawrence. So, yeah, that's the same thing that Sam Darnold is catching over there in New York. Do you really think Sam Darnold is every bit of the problem that's wrong with the, the Jets? No. No. But because, because the shadow of Trevor Lawrence is out there, people are blaming Daniel Jones. They're blaming Sam Darnold, and they're thinking, oh, well, things will get so much better when we just get rid of this guy and get Trevor Lawrence in here, which, in all fairness, I love what Roddy White said the other day. Roddy White flat out said, if Trevor Lawrence is coming out and the Jets own the first pick, stay in school. Stay in school. And I thought Roddy White was correct. Stay one more year, yeah. win one more title at Clemson, cement your records and all of you know football history, pull at Andrew Luck, stay there, do some amazing things, still come out the next year and be the number one pick and probably go to a better situation than the Jets. That's just you know, me. And, and I love Trevor Lawrence, man. I don't want to take away from his athletic ability one iota whatsoever. But you got a Hall of Fame coach down there with Dabo. You've got a system down there. You've got a support cast down there that dag on it makes Trevor Lawrence look like, you know, the best thing since bacon. That's all I'm saying. You know, and you can make and that I, same argument for Tua. I, and I agree. And we need to talk about that. Dallas, here's the problem: three seconds or less. Get a new coach. <laughs> He's been there three seconds or less, but yeah, I agree. I don't care. We, he, he does not fit the Dallas system. He didn't fit it when they hired him. He didn't fit it in the interview process. Get a new coach. If I, your I, players are not performing, you know what you got to do. Just saying right now, in the NBA, they, they, don't, they got a short leash when that stuff happens. The same thing happens here. I'm going to say – Man, my heart goes out to you, Fitz. My heart breaks. Oh, you're you not talk yeah, about this. Ryan Fitzpatrick losing his job yeah, after doing so man. well. But uh, in all fairness, Ryan knew this when the season started. He knew what was up before that. When they drafted him, he knew what was up. But everybody was expecting Fitz not to have three, four touchdown games. And so when you come off a win, your guy comes in for three minutes on mop-up duty, throws two passes. They love the kid. By the way, we're on a bye week. You're up. Like, everybody knew two was taking over, but everybody also banked on Ryan Fitzpatrick not leading the Miami Dolphins, the bottom feeders down there, to the record they have, leading, I believe, leading that conference over there, that division over there. And you look at your starting quarterback, and you go, you out. 
No, Buffalo. Buffalo is That's a right. Buffalo's right. One game up. Yeah, yeah. One game ahead of Buffalo. Right. But even right now, people are picking on Josh Allen up at Buffalo because they had a bad loss. You know. And all I'm saying is, I feel for Fitz. Nobody expected to have the season that he did. Um, you know, I, you don't pull a guy when he's hot like this. You don't do it. I agree with that. I think they should have given him some more leash. I think they should have waited till later in the season. It, you know, if they once they're out of playoff contention or whatever, and then make the call. I do think it was premature to make the call. Give Ryan the first half in the, or the first three quarters, and give two of the fourth quarter, second half. Let's do something like that yeah, before we turn the team over. Because here's the thing: see if you're in you the can't go back on this thing. No, it's it's done. His Ryan Fitzpatrick's career is probably just ended. Yeah, and he I hate it for him because he's a yeah. heck of a guy. He. But uh, what we're seeing is that the, you know, the Dolphins want to see what they have for the future because they're either going to win it this year or they're going to have – because, quite frankly, I know what the Miami's pulling for. Miami's pulling for Houston to lose, lose, lose because they own that first-round pick, which means they can have a very high draft pick. So that's what they're pulling for. And speaking of lose, 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 what did we see the other day? We see Minnesota tanking. Daniil Hunter – uh, goes on IR to get his shoulder cleaned up, so he's probably done for the year. Then they trade Ngaku or whatever his name is that they had just traded for. Just got yep. from They just got him, and they got five sacks out of him. They trade for him, and uh, they now have traded him to Baltimore. Baltimore's defense now looks really scary. Ooh, yeah. Baltimore's also looking at possibly signing Des Bryant to help their, I guess, maybe their goal line area. Yeah, he's on their practice squad right now. I believe that what he signed him to the practice squad. Yeah, so yep. let's see what that does. Uh, you know, so the old faithfuls are kind of up there at the top right now. The Chiefs we knew were going to be really good in the AFC. Baltimore we knew. Um, I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised exactly how good Tennessee's doing uh, right now. I know they did good last yeah. year, but literally they are literally throwing people around. We'll uh, see Sunday. I mean, Sunday's a big test for them against Pittsburgh. That's right. That's a, that's a good game for them. Uh, Pittsburgh stays undefeated, so you got those four at the top. Uh, my Patriots stumbled this past weekend against Denver. Um, I think we're about one loss away from pulling the plug and going ahead and, and uh, seeing what we can do in the draft. That's just me. Because um, if you fall too far behind the, the Bills – and who knows, if you get behind the Dolphins, I mean, I know that Belichick's not going to do it. I know that's just not his, his way of doing things. He's going to try to win. He never loses on purpose. Um, you know, he's not the Jets. So I, I know that we will definitely finish above the Jets no matter what. But I don't know if we can finish above the Dolphins or if we can get a wild card at this point. So at some point, you got to call a spade a spade and say, we're going to do it. we got to do to improve in the draft. Um, but – I, all I know is I want them to call uh, whoever it is that is in charge of player personnel, player development, player scouting in Pittsburgh, and I want them to hire that guy because Belichick cannot draft a receiver, and the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot miss on a receiver. This Chase Claypool kid is amazing. They drafted Emmanuel Sanders. They drafted Antonio Brown. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster. They, they cannot miss on drafting a receiver, and the Patriots cannot hit. They could have had DK Metcalf, but instead we have Nikhil here. So I'm not bitter at all. Not at all. You know, not but Edelman, Edelman also had one of his worst cases of his career last Sunday. You know, we had Cam yeah. coming back from the, you know, the, you know, the, the COVID reserve list, uh, whatever you want to call that list, whatever it is. Um, you know, and so I, I agree. I'm curious to see the Patriots this weekend. I'm trying to see how, you know, Cam comes back, how Edelman backs, you know, comes back as well to see how he bounces. I picked against I them. I do think this. What's that? 
I picked against them. I picked them to lose. Who are they playing this week? Oh, man, I can't even think of it now. Yeah, I think I picked them. Uh, but I'll say no, this way. You, you, you did pick them. Yeah, I, I think this is where I'm at. I think that the Vikings trade to the Baltimore was less about the Vikings tanking and more about Baltimore shoring up. Well, I it, think that's without a doubt, difference. Baltimore shoring up to where they're, they're going to try to – I took the 49 they got it. They're going to see Kansas City again. We, yeah. You know, I mean, unless – I mean, it's just, that's just the nature of this thing. Yeah, and I, and I get it. Baltimore is going all in. But I think that Minnesota showed they were going all out. As in, they're done. Dalvin Cook can't stay healthy, even though they just gave him that monster contract. Kirk Cousins is probably one pick away from losing his job. They're already letting their early draft picks get some more playing time because they know that their season is pretty much a wash. The, Minnesota, uh, if you're listening, trade Cousins for Fitz and let Cousins back up Tua and start Fitz in Minnesota. That would be a great trade for Minnesota. It's for both teams. Yes. Well, I don't know about both teams. Because uh, I think Fitz is on a one-year deal, and I know Cousins is at the end of his deal. But I still – I like, if I'm, if I'm Miami, I don't do it. There's no way I do it. You know, because, I mean, you may like that, as Kirk Cousins say. But, uh, no, that, that would be an awful trade. But I, I get what you're saying. They'd have to truly incentivize that for the – they would have to trade Cousins and some draft picks in order to get Fitzpatrick. But at this point, think about it. The, the Bears are what? Are they 5-1? Five 5-1. And five and one. Five and one. They're like tied right now with the Packers. I think. I think the Packers are. Yeah, Packers just lost. Yep. Right. So both of them are at the top. Minnesota is like one in five. I think Detroit's like maybe two and four. Do you really? At what point do you call a spade a spade and just say, okay, we're not catching the Bears, we're not catching the Packers, we just need to go ahead and mail it in for this season and play our young guys and start over. And I think that's where Minnesota's at. Sadly, a third of the way into the season, they're already saying we're out. And, and I think that's just – that's what's up. They're tanking and see if they can get – if they can get uh, – if they can't get Trevor Lawrence, that kid out of South Dakota State or North Dakota State, whatever it is, uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields, you know, one of those guys, if they can get one of those good quarterbacks and start over. Because you've already got some – you've got Adam Thielen and you've got Justin Jefferson, so you've got some decent receivers – you got Dalvin Cook. My God, if he could ever stay healthy. I mean, you, you could have a good team competing. And you got a great backup in Madison. That, you know, he's a good, he, he had a bad week. He did but. have a bad week. So he, he showed that he, his role is just to be a backup. But, I mean, I, I think that they've proven that it's time to tank and it's time to start over. And on that note, it is time to end this episode. Any parting words for our three fans? What can I say? It is always a blessing to come on and be able to share our opinions. So God bless you all. Until next time. Appreciate everybody who listens and uh, puts up with us. If you've got any uh, questions or comments or whatever, send them to us. We'd be glad to discuss it or even have you on the show just to irritate some people. Have a good one. See you next time.